0: O God, illumine our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, our eyes may see your kingdom, our ears may hear the call of Jesus and our hearts, may know the joy of your salvation. In Christ's name, amen. Our Old Testament reading is from the third chapter of 1 Samuel. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down, the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call you my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Our other scripture reading, focus of our sermon today, is Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, even before a word is on my tongue. O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes Beheld my unformed substance, in your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them, I try to count them, they are more than the sand. I come to the end, I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God, and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me, those who speak of you maliciously and who lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God and know my heart test me and know my thoughts see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting this is the word of the lord Thanks Thanks oh lord may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight our rock and our Redeemer, amen. Who are you called to be? Psalm 139 can help answer that question. And many, many authors have written about the Psalms and of all those writers, James Lindbergh may be my most favorite. I think it's because he is both a scholar and he's down to earth. About this Psalm 139, he wrote that what helped him get a grip on to understand this psalm was a child's prayer. He said his three son's bedtime prayers were pretty much similar. They all prayed, thank you for my mom and dad, thank you for my brothers and sisters, thank you for my dog, amen. But his middle son's prayer had one more Thank you. That middle son would say, thank you for my mom and dad. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for my dog. And before saying amen, he said, and thank you for me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for me. (coughs) Lindbergh saw in his son and in Psalm 139 a healthy appreciation for the gift of life itself. Well, let's consider the four parts of Psalm 139. The first six verses had that theme, Lord, you know me. The next say to God, I'm never far away from you. The third group of six verses picture God as a knitter. And the last six verses ask God to deal with the wicked. Well, those first six verses, as I say, focus on God knowing us. All of us, we present an image of us to the world and to ourselves. We just watch sometime when someone says, let me take your picture. And then somebody gets the camera and says, let me take your picture. People, they might go from a duh expression to a big smile. <laughs> they might go from a slouch, lazy to a perfect, And some of us even go up on toes so we look as tall as our son. (laughs) Well, not just in photos and many other ways. We have an image of ourselves that we want others to see and some aspects of ourselves, we really don't want the world to see. There was a time once uh, years ago when the First Presbyterian Church in Raleigh was having, they were gonna have one of those church directories made and everybody was supposed to get appointments to get their photos and we showed up for hours and, and while we were waiting, a lady I'd never seen before and hadn't seen since, complained loudly, these people take terrible pictures. <laughs> well, other people waiting in line and the church volunteers, they, everybody looked around embarrassed because we all knew that those folks from the photo place they could hear her criticism. Well, you know, I just had to say something, so I said, you are absolutely right. The picture that they took of me last time was awful. It looked exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, many of us do not care to see photographs of ourselves, or for that matter, hear a recording of ourselves talking. Oh, do I sound like that? <laughs> Our appearance and our sound, well, that's evident to pretty much anybody around us. But how about our inmost thoughts, those things we think but try not to say out loud, which is one of those advantages when people are sober, because when they aren't, they say them anyway. (laughs) Well, how about those opinions, those criticisms, those angry fantasies, those secret thoughts we really don't want anybody to know about? Well, there's bad news and good news. The bad news is, God knows, All about us. God's acquainted with all our ways. The good news is God knows all about us and loves us anyway. Well, the truth is that you and I are not capable of that kind of knowledge. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. It's so high we can't attain it, the psalm tells us. So those first six verses tell us God knows us, and the second six tell us We're never far away from God. This is not some general theological pronouncement about the omnipresence of God. This is personal. Go anywhere you can think of. You cannot escape God. Just ask Jonah. Remember, he was called to go to Nineveh, and he turned around and went the wrong way and had a little interruption in his journey. You cannot get away from God. The psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is to say the other place, you're there too. Even if we try, cover up. Even if we cover ourselves in darkness. Even the darkness is not dark to God. So the first part of the psalm says, Lord, you know me. And the second second verses, set of verses say, I'm never far from you. And we come to that third group of verses that picture God as a knitter. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Oops, Sarah says I'm supposed to go clockwise. <laughs> With my blue needles, right? <laughs> I know they're pink. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. Well, you can see by the way I hold these uh, knitting needles, they, do, they work like that, right? No, that's chopsticks. Huh? I am not a knitter, but I know at least one, a couple of knitters actually, talented people who take a ball of, of yarn and needles like these can envision something wonderful, you know, like a stole, and bit by bit, or maybe that's pearl by knit, (laughs) make a vision into a reality. Well, that is what God has done with each one of us. No No matter what your body image is, no matter what criticism you've heard from others or from yourself, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's own image so the first part of this psalm says Lord you know me the second part it says I'm never far from you I can't get away from God which by the way is a comfort we're all big on privacy these days I guess but but to the psalmist and the person who loves God that's a comfort that we are never far from God God's always with us And then that third group pictures God as a knitter, who knit us together. Uh Uh-oh, then we come to those last six verses. But I say, "Uh uh-oh, because they ask God to deal with the wicked, and those verses, those verses trouble of some people. Asking God to kill the wicked and saying, I hate them with a perfect hatred. Those just don't sound like uh, church-going phrases. They aren't fit for church, are they? Well, the lectionary, the pattern of scripture readings, that leaves those verses off. Oh, we don't really know why. Maybe it was just for length, you know, as another six verses. Or maybe it was for the controversial content. But the controversial content tells us the context for this psalm of thanksgiving and for of trust in God's presence. Now every one of us has a uh, favorite Bible stories or verses or places that you might have underlined in your personal Bible or highlighted on your Kindle or whatever. Or I believe we're all called to read and study the Bible, to seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit in interpreting the application of Scripture to our lives. But I really do not think that you or I are qualified to take our scissors to the Bible and take out the parts we don't understand, or lie. So what do those last six verses tell us? The psalmist, it tells us the psalmist is responding to those who speak of God maliciously and lift themselves up against God for evil. One important thing to notice about those verses is the psalmist is not the one taking the lethal action. Whatever punishment or vengeance is to be delivered is not in in the psalmist's hands, or our hands, it's in God's hands. Now we can understand despising, as they say, despising those who've attacked you or those who've attacked God, but remember in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gave us, Jesus gave us a new command, saying you've heard, you've heard it was said, love, you, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, which is to say, so that you can love people like God does. So pray farmer, and remember, judgment and punishment, that's above our pay grade. Leave that to God. Well, I read about a speaker who started off a, a seminar by holding up a, a Benjamin, $100 bill. I just happen to have one with me today. Now remember, this is a reenactment. <laughs> he said, I didn't say, who would like to have this $100 bill? Well, you know what happened, everybody's hand went up, me, me. Then he said, I'm gonna get, now he said it, not me, I'm gonna give one of you this $100 bill, but let first let me do this. And he crumpled it all up. Watered up. He didn't quite make a spitball of it, but he watered up pretty good. Now, what do you think? Who still wants it? Well, not a hand went down. Then he threw it on the ground, and he ground it with his foot. Well, you know, this is clean up here, so it didn't get real dirty, but his situation got real dirty. Who still wants it? All the hands were still up. Still, not a hand went down. And then he said, here's the point. No matter what I do to this money, you still want it because it did not go down in value. It's still worth $100. Many times in life, we are dropped or crumpled or folded or spindled or ground into the dirt by either by decisions we've made or by circumstances that came our way. And we may feel like we're worthless. But no matter what has happened, no matter what will happen, For Almighty God, you will never lose your value. Dirty or clean, crumpled or finely creased, you are still priceless to the one who made you and who loves you. The worth of our lives does not come in what we do, in who we know, in what we have, but in who we are and in whose we are. Excuse me, I need to pick up some trash here. Don't wanna make a mess. (laughs) So, who are you called to be? Well, one more story may help answer that question. Stories told of a young rabbi named Tobias. Tobias was getting some feedback from an older, more experienced, and wiser rabbi. This young rabbi, Tobias, he was discouraged and disjected and disheartened. Maybe this is not the thing for me to do. And the old rabbi told him, when you go to heaven, God is not gonna ask you, why weren't you Moses? No, God will ask you, why weren't you Tobias? So, why don't you stop trying to be Moses and start being the Tobias God created you to be? Well, God has not called you and me to be Moses either. But God has called you to be the best Sharon or Joyce or Betty or Austin or Jimmy or Sarah or Blaine or Carolyn or Janet, or Barbara, or Herbert, or Johnny, or Ann, or Dylan, or Ben, or Alice. I leave anybody out? Erica. Or Erica, oh, Erica. God's called you to be the best Erica you can be too. Each of us. Now that can be daunting, it can be. And especially with the challenges you face in the great world. But remember that God has promised. God has promised to be with you all the way. Thanks be to God. I heard about a lady whose benediction every week, whose charge every week, that says, Remember this, God loves you, and there's not a thing you can do about it <laughs> except go out into the world. To love God and serve the world, Christ's name.